three, two, one. What a way to end the year. Well, the thing about it was, is if you heard the three, two, one twice, I'm sorry. But like whenever I first hit it, it's a three, two, one. And it hadn't started being live yet. And then out of nowhere, in the middle of it, I stopped it to do the three, two, one over again. And it was live. And I'm like, what is going on right now? With that said, (laughs) welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to break down everything there is to need to know uh, with week 17 of the National Football League with my cat behind me. Wrecking complete havoc. Um, I am in a different spot today. I'm on the couch, which is where I've been for like the last 48 hours watching some TV with my wife over the holidays here. But um, breaking down everything there is to know in week 17, match games of the week, my best bets, and fantasy football starts and sit. And of course, we'll end the show like we do each and every week with the movie corner. As always, I'm joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, bud? You know, I, I'm doing well. I, I want to circle back and do a wellness check. Was it 48 straight hours or just over the course of 48 hours? <laughs> right. 40, 48 straight hours sitting on this couch. And Why is and, Ricky uh, dead behind the eyes? <laughs> 40 straight, 48 straight hours. This is what I watched in 48 hours. No, I, uh, yeah, no, it has not been 48 straight hours. Um, but yeah, no. 48 I, uh, straight hours. And all you saw was Babylon three times. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. Um, that's actually quite hilarious, if you ask me. Um, yeah, but um, it it's been man, what a like, it's so weird. Like this has been such a weird year in the NFL. I think this is one of the one of the most weirdest um, seasons that we've ever because it's it's at some point in time things start to unravel, right? And they do every year in football. But how things have unraveled, it's been very weird this year. And it's crazy because it, it like three weeks ago, we're talking about completely different teams in the bottom half of each of these playoff races. And now those teams are like on the outside looking in, begging for help. And now there's other teams that have moved up the radar. The top of the the top of the echelon there has not moved very much. You know, they I mean they haven't. But I feel personally, and this is a question I'm going to ask you, I feel personally that there is a couple of teams that if they back their way into the playoffs, I think they're just as scary in the playoffs as some of these top teams. Like, I'm not saying Green Bay's a great team, but I'm not sure anybody wants to face them in the first round if they make it into the playoffs. Is there a team that like kind of stands out to you like that? No, that's one. I've kind of come around on Green Bay. I'm I think they, you know, went four weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers said, oh, we're going to have the bye week. We're going to come out and win four straight and be in the playoffs. You're like, all right, well, go back on whatever, you know, psychedelics <laughs> that you've been taking to boost yourself. But, you know, they came out. It wasn't that surprising they beat the Rams. But then pretty solid win on Christmas Day over uh, the Dolphins, which turns out they may have been aided a little bit by the fact that Tua got knocked unconscious in the second quarter and they left him out there. Uh, to throw all those interceptions. I like their chances against the Vikings, who we've talked about a couple of times, have really that they are probably the least inspiring 12 and three team in the history of NFL. And I mean no disrespect. You win 12 games, that's an accomplishment. But the way they've had to win some of these games, it's a miracle they won that one against Indianapolis. That was almost a like suck off. That yeah didn't sound come out right, but they were <laughs> like, which team is going to suck more yeah. on this day? You know, and they each sure. picked a half, and they've had some very curious ones where they've had to come back against teams that they probably should have handled easily, and they've gotten blown out by some quality opponents. They they did beat Green Bay earlier this season, but that was opening day, and I think Green Bay has actually worked a little bit to find themselves on offense of late. And then they close with Detroit and that green Bay Detroit game now actually in week 18 could be a fascinating one where one of those teams can go to the playoffs and the other doesn't, depending on what happens with the commanders, um, you know, and Carson Wentz's grand return to the starting lineup. Uh, you know, it's hard to differentiate between uh, Taylor Wentz and Carson Heineke there in Washington, but I'm sure one of them will uh, will get it done for the Commanders in some way. The Commanders have a pretty winnable game against the Browns, which could just kind of mess everything up because they have that tie on their 
yeah. record. <laughs> really, I think those ties that we have for a couple of these teams are going to make a big impact when it comes to the NFC playoff race. And I don't know about you. I, I'm actually sort of rooting for the Panthers this week so that we can have some all-out chaos in the NFC South because it has just been so fascinating to watch the borderline train wreck that that division has become. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. I mean, but then again, I mean, both South divisions have been borderline train wreck. I mean, you have the Titans on the verge of potentially blowing everything, which is crazy. They've lost six straight and still can win next week and still win the division over the Jaguars. And I wouldn't put it past the Jaguars to blow it. I wouldn't put it past the Jaguars to blow it. I just wouldn't. I'm sorry. Well, Um, the big one is, Dude, the Jaguars blow it this week because the Houston Texans, we've now we don't had, have to win this week, though. I know, but we've now had like five straight weeks of people going into games against the Texans where you think they should just roll them. And yeah, you know, and Dallas, Dallas tried to lose. Kansas City had to go to overtime. I mean, think about it. those are two teams that are both in the 12 win territory that I, I think of as a little more stout than, than the Vikings. And then they sort of did a nice job bottling up. They they may have ended Malik Willis's career last week in Tennessee. I don't even I don't even want to get started on the simple fact that that was the most asinine thing I've ever seen the Titans do. Starting Joshua Dobbs last night that was the but he still one. looked better and more competitive. That doesn't. Than... I mean, I I think that I think the play calling in Tennessee is atrocious. I think Mike Vrabel should be fired. Um, did, I think that there's did you to like the meme that, I sent you though? Oh, it's hilarious. That, you guys got to look up the picture there. So a meme floating around of Josh Dobbs' parents watching the game. And they both look horrified. And that was probably the experience of Thursday Night Football because I could not figure Tennessee having much of a chance. And they were hanging around mostly because I don't know what's up with Dak Prescott. He is throwing two interceptions a game like it's his job. Well, it's crazy to me that they throw the ball as much as they do. Like, that play calling in Dallas is stupid. Like, it is. I mean, you're, they're up two wow. touchdowns, and they're still throwing t- throwing passes. It's because the run game averages like 1.3 yards per carry. He, but Zeke hasn't been awful this year. I mean, he hasn't exactly been great. But the games that – they're but they're both been running Pollard and him. Like, obviously, Pollard was – Well, and with Pollard but, being out, I think that was part of their – you know, struggle. but still, they have been every week this year. They just throw the ball 90 times for no apparent reason. It's crazy to think that Zeke has a touchdown in like nine straight games, too, by the way. That's pretty impressive considering. But um, real quick, what I want to do is I want to go over the playoff hunt real quick. Um, right now, currently seeding in the AFC is Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Baltimore, uh, Chargers. All six are sorry. Five of those teams have clinched playoff spots. Jacksonville being the lone one that hasn't yet. Right now, you have Miami. This is the crazy part about this. Miami, New, Miami, New England, the Jets, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, or not Tennessee. Tennessee can only win the division now. And crazy enough as it says, Las Vegas, all of these teams are still in the hunt for the last seat. Now, for Las Vegas to make the playoffs, every team in front of them needs to lose, and they need to win out. Um, it's going to be hard to do when you have Jared Sidham at quarterback, which we'll touch on mm-hmm. in just a few minutes. Also but, hard when you're playing the 49ers this week. Well, that that doesn't help either. And then on the flip side of that right now, Philadelphia, Minnesota, San Francisco, and Dallas are the only teams with um, playoff aspirations right now. Tampa Bay has a one-game lead. They can win the division this week with a win over Carolina. Um, and then as far as the wildcard race goes, the Giants really just have to split the last two games. They're in the playoffs because, as you mentioned, the – Ty really is benefiting this team a whole lot right now. And as far as Washington, if Washington goes one and one over the next two weeks, they're in the seventh seed. So it's really comes down to who wants to, if, if green Bay has a good chance, we talked about that. Seattle has a good chance. I mean, not Seattle, uh, Detroit, it's, it's going to come down to Detroit. And I think green Bay as who's father, you know, if, if Washington really fails, I mean, that's really at the end of the day, right? Because, if Washington wins one, they finish eight, eight, and one. Well, I guess Green Bay could finish nine and eight then, right? So they'd be yeah. above them? Yeah. Nine and eight would be above eight, eight, and one? Yeah. Well, nine wins yeah. is above eight wins. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a question. That was a statement. 
<laughs> Even though it did sound kind of like a question. So with that, so actually, so Washington needs to win out to be in. And their last game is against Dallas. So the question is Dallas whether even need to play that game. If if well, if, if Philly wins this week, there's nothing that Dallas can Dallas gain. Plays. And if Dallas decides to put their starters on the bench, and I honestly, with how Dallas played its first playoff game last year, I don't think I would rest starters. Not a full game. I'd at least make them go a half. At least a half, yeah. You know, I get yeah, not so... wanting to have injuries, but you also don't want to go into the playoffs cold because they're going to be on the road and if they get tampa bay we've already seen tampa bay dallas i know you would I say these tampa teams bay are beat different dallas. teams i think tampa bay could beat dallas i know it makes me well makes me nervous dallas's defense had been incredible all season until this recent stretch even last night they kind of rallied and played a little bit better at the end to shut them down but the but fact that you let like josh jobs and no receivers go down and score a touchdown against you gives me a bit of pause the fact it was 17 13 in the third quarter gives me a little bit of pause the fact yeah. they gave up 40 to jacksonville let houston come back on them even against Minshew last week they didn't they weren't incredible now i know philadelphia has a a really good team all the way around but you would like i think if you're a fan of dallas you would like to see something that looked closer to a return to the suffocating defense they had in the middle of the season the defense that put minnesota on its back and held them to three points so if philadelphia wins this week they clinch the one seed right that's correct yeah so and, or they, if if minnesota loses so crazy enough if the Giants w- lose this week, for some reason they lose to the Colts, they get a week's, week 18 against the Eagles who might not be playing for anything. So Washington and, and the Giants might benefit from two teams not playing for Jackson. their own division. But, yeah. but Minshew, Minshew has played relatively well. It's, it's interesting how it could I, all play out. It just depends on how <clears> – <throat> how much the saints can get it together to remain in this race because the saints are who is playing the Eagles. And I still think the Eagles probably get that game. Minshew doesn't, doesn't worry me entirely. I mean, they have a good defense. They have a good offense. New Orleans has struggled. New Orleans still has something to play for um, because technically like if Carolina can get the win here and New Orleans, then you're going into week 18 with at least a three-way tie atop the, NFC South, and that's where things get really exciting because I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay plays Atlanta, which with a win, Atlanta could actually stay in it at six and ten. Uh, and then I think it's isn't it Saints Panthers as the last game too? It's all division games, I believe, in Week yep. 18. Yeah. So you know, Tampa Bay. They, it's been there for them to seize for like the last month and they just <laughs> they just are unable to take control over anything they barely pulled that one out against Trace McSorley I actually thought for a while I, I mean unironically I thought for a while like they were gonna lose I'm watching this game going this I don't know how this is possible and they had to go to overtime and they benefited from you know Cliff Kingsbury did his normal thing which benefited them a bit. It just—it's been ugly for Tampa Bay, and it's been ugly for for Tom inexplicably. You know, because he's—I know his line is bad, but he still has a very good supporting cast of other pieces. I also don't understand. We've seen the last few weeks. Every time Tampa Bay goes into the hurry up, their offense looks fine. They're actually able to move the ball. And yeah, score and then they get—they they completely get out of. The and then they're like. For no reason. Yeah, and let's you know, let's suicide Leonard Fournette into the center of the line for negative one yards a couple of times, and then see if Tom Brady has enough time on third and thirteen to stand back in a crumbling pocket and heave one down the field. <laughs> yeah, that play. It's almost like uh, Nathaniel Hackett's been calling the plays for. It, their play calling has been questionable to me because even when they get the ball running, even when they do start running the ball well, it's something that they they stop running the ball. Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me what they're doing down there. I think they beat Carolina. I think they close out the division this week. At least I hope so, because my anxiety can't handle. I, my anxiety can't handle what they've done in the two games that they've come back and won that they should have never won in a million years. Like the, the Arizona game, they should have lost the Arizona game. 
um, and they New should Orleans. have lost the New Orleans game. So it's like for just the same thing for New Orleans. New Orleans could be on the verge of, of winning the division right now if they don't blow a 16 to nothing lead, you know what I mean? Or a 16 to three, whatever it was. But that said, um, we already touched on the Carson Wentz thing. Carson Wentz is back this week. Interesting move, not surprisingly overly. Um, Derek Carr was benched. Um, not just benched, dismissed it. from the team. It, it's interesting to see how they're trying to portray it here. But I, I Josh McDaniels, which I at the beginning of the year was was hoping that he had found a new leaf, but um, for some reason he likes to go into teams and. They sign sign him to an extension, give him a no trade clause, but now we bench him. The whole reason that Devontae Adams wanted to come to the Oakland or to Las Vegas was because of playing with Derek Carr. Now you've pissed off Devontae Adams, and it's like, what are we what are we doing here? I, I don't. Obviously, McDaniel's isn't going to be fired. I think McDaniel's is going to last another at least another year. So now we're potentially looking at a seismic shift of Carr going elsewhere. And which honestly, I would like Carr and I like I like Derek Carr out in uh, for the uh, Jets. I think that'd be a great pick for him, landing spot for him, honestly. But um, so is McDaniel's it, what Miles Braun would call a disruptor? I don't. It's it's crazy to me. Um, I don't I don't even know. And and it's it's crazy to even think about what the possibility is there. Um, but. It, it, just whenever I thought that there was an opportunity for this man to, to get back on track, he's on the Las Vegas and has a very talented team. Yes, they haven't been very healthy, but they've blown five fourth quarter leads, which if you flip half of those, they're in playoffs, period. They're in the playoffs. You know what I mean? They're eight seventeen probably if you flip half of those five win or five fourth quarter comeback losses. If you flip them around, they're eight and seven right now, going into the last two weeks of the season, probably in control of their own destiny. Instead, they're six and nine and need a world of help. And now they've pissed off their quarterback, who is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's going to be hard to replace Derek Carr and with just best, anybody. The best part of their offense has been Josh Jacobs, who they declined a fifth year option, and everything that I've seen from him is pretty indicative that he has no intention of resigning. They'd have to franchise tag him. And I don't know if they're going to have the cap in order to do that. So <clears throat> with that said, uh, we kind of touched on a little bit of everything. We touched a little bit on Thursday Night Football. So we're going to go right into match games of the week. All right. Well, the we are back to no Saturday games because, as you uh, may be aware, Saturday, New Year's Eve is the big college football playoff semifinal games so the NFL not putting any games up against them this Saturday but we have a full Sunday slate uh, the Sunday early game I want to highlight Miami Dolphins eight and seven at the seven and eight New England Patriots the winner here really controls a lot of their destiny going toward that last playoff spot I believe if Miami wins they're in um but it becomes a bit more of a challenge. Miami went 0 for December, and Tua Tagovailoa is in the concussion protocol again. He will not be playing this week. I would not be surprised if he's done for the rest of the year. Uh, officially, they're going to say this is two concussions. Unofficially, we all know this is at least three concussions. Um, explains a lot about the erratic uh, passing that he had last week. So now it's Teddy Bridgewater going in to face Bill Belichick in New England. The Patriots have been a weird team all season. I actually think there's a decent chance they get the win here, uh, which makes a really interesting potential uh, week 18. I think the Jets can also get a win. Um, that is my afternoon game, late window game pick of the week. Seven and eight Jets with the return of Mike White, who has actually been QB 10 in the three games that he has started going against a reeling Seahawks team that is also seven and eight, whose playoff hopes look uh, pretty dismal. Um if all if the Patriots and the Jets win and the Dolphins lose, which I think is possible, you're looking at a very interesting last week. Uh, also, because of the Sunday night game where the seven and eight Steelers, who you know Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season as a head coach, a lot of us thought this was going to be the year. I actually no longer think that they are going into Baltimore. They are going to play Tyler Huntley. Uh, Lamar Jackson still not practicing, and honestly, Lamar doesn't have a long term contract. If I'm him on a team that's already earned a playoff berth, I am not rolling myself out there to get chewed up by the Steelers defense. Maybe I come back next week to 
see if I have a chance to fight for a division title against the Bengals. But the I imagine he'll play in the playoffs. Uh, he will not be playing this week. He hasn't returned to practice at all. They said it's very likely Tyler Huntley. I think the Steelers can go in there and get a win, and this is where things could be very interesting. I think there's potential in the AFC that we have four teams at 8-8 eight and eight going into the last week with one of them potentially getting into the playoffs. I think it's going to be a very fun scenario. My upset pick of the week, I mentioned it earlier, Green Bay Packers are hosting the Minnesota Vikings. I think they get the win here. I think they split the season series. They get back to 8-8, eight and eight and they keep their playoff hopes alive. I also think Detroit will be able to get a win at home against Chicago to move to 8-8 eight and eight and keep their playoff hopes alive. I don't think we're going to have all the playoff scenarios settled by the end of this uh, weekend. I think it's going to be some week 18 fun. And I'll be curious to see which game ends up as the Sunday night football matchup, because they usually try to pick one that has incredible playoff ramifications. It, it might be the Titans Jaguars, except for if we're seeing Josh Dobbs. I don't know if NBC is going to be like, yeah, that, that was the game we were hoping to get. I think if it comes down to it, I think the Lions-Packers will be the flex game. I really do. But there's a possibility with everything that tracks during the day that that game ends up being meaningless, and that's why they usually try to ensure that, it will probably that be, there is. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're looking at yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because command if the Commanders win, could render if the Ravens win this week and the Bengals lose Monday, then that'll probably be the flex game. Yeah, because it it's. Uh, well, even, Bengals if, versus Bengals. even if the uh, Bengals lose and the Ravens lose, it's no, still I'm about the Ravens about... win. I'm talking about the Ravens win and Bengals win or Bengals lose. They'll both be 11 and five. And that would be for the division. Well, that's what I'm saying. Even yeah. if the Bengals, even if they both lose, they're only one game back. The Ravens beat the Bengals earlier this season. So it would still oh, yeah, be if for they the division. Lose, yeah. Yeah, so I think that'll probably be the flex seat, if as long as it falls out that way. And that's why I think you would potentially see Lamar Jackson return for a regular season finale where the, where a division crown is online because that impacts a lot in terms of seeding. That too, and the thing about it is, is I know you said there would be four teams vying for eight, at eight and eight. Technically, it would be five because the Jaguars, if they win this week, they'll be eight and eight. They could still make the playoffs if even if they lose to Tennessee in weeks 18. Now, everybody else has to lose, obviously, but there's still but a scenario. Because of the AFC East divisional matchups, if they're all 8-8, eight and eight, it's impossible for them to lose at worst. Because the Jets, would, Jets, the Jets would play yeah. my yeah, – yeah, 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 I got you. The Jaguars' path is really to win the division. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, um, which I hope they do because um, fuck the Titans. Um, that said uh, – Yeah, because I believe it's Dolphins-Jets – the last week and Patriots Bills. Uh, got a quick question here. Desperate after Eric Derrick Henry went down. I have Algier, Dotson, Zach Moss, Hubbard, Hodgins, and Claypool need to start. Oh, it's Algier for me easily. Yeah, same. Good he's, matchup for him. He's been a well, and he's been great. He's taken over as the number one there in Atlanta, and they are playing somebody that's out of the running. Yeah. And he's got two hundred and what was it two hundred thirteen yards the last two weeks rushing the ball. He's averaging about six and a half yards a carry. Yeah, yeah, it's tr hard to trust Moss Hubbard in timeshares. It's hard to know the volume for Hodgins and Dotson. And I'm I'm not even. I think Claypool is still on the fence about whether he's even playing. I know that you would if he plays. You like the potential of that matchup with Detroit, but Chase Claypool has not fit in and found any rhythm with Justin Fields. And in a championship week, I'm not betting on that magic coming yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, you need a lot for it to happen for it to work this weekend. Um, all right. That said, before we dive into um, our fantasy football starts and sit, I am ten days into trying my magic mind. I'll tell you what, I have started to see a huge difference. Day to day, as you heard, I was sitting in my uh, sitting in this exact spot now for 48 straight hours, as Matthew Fox likes to say. No, I've been sitting here focused um, over this holiday season. I really didn't want to do a whole lot, but I've kind of really found my tempo with this magic mind and I didn't want to lose it through this holiday year. So I kept taking it during the holidays. And what I found myself doing is focused on the task at hand, getting the articles that I need to get written focused on the TV shows, getting these articles articulated and making sure that they get out in time. And it's really been easy to use 
magic mind to sit down, drink it in the morning, and I drink it alongside my coffee. Like I mentioned before, it does not taste bad at all. It's something that is useful and does not taste like, you know, grass. You know what I mean? It's very important to understand and articulate that it does not take like, taste like grass. But it's helped me on a daily basis, and I cannot wait to continue this product. It's going to be interesting now because next week what I'm going to do is I'm going to dissect life after Magic Mind. So it's going to be after I fulfill my, I think it's like 14 days of this, um, we're going to see what that trend looks like switching back over the fact. But a reminder, if you want to join me along this journey or post journey, all you have to do is go to magicmind.co slash ranch. Put in our code ranch20, get 40% off your subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. Again, magicmind.co, enter our code ranch20 at the checkout, get 40% off the subscription or 20. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 80% off your first one-time purchase. All right. That said, moving right along, thank you. Of course, man, thanks for dropping in, uh, asking the question. We're glad to help you each and every week. And with that said, we're going to go ahead and move right into our fantasy football start and sit as soon as I can find the button. Get a little couch, couch dancing today here. What's up, everybody? Um, all right, we're going to dive right into our fantasy football start and sit like we do each and every week. We're going to share our starts first, and then we're going to go with our sits after that. But this week, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins against the Green Bay Packers. Look, I am not going to sit here and say that I don't think the Packers might not win this game, but I still like Kirk Cousins to come out and do his thing this week. Um, I, it, I really think that the Vikings win this football game. I really hope they do just because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But running game, um, Cam Akers, who has looked incredible the last few weeks um, after his big game last week. Most of the time, I, I know a couple people had him on the bench last week. It's just weird to watch. But he's playing a horrendous Chargers run deep. Give me as, as my start running back. Mari Cooper as my wide receiver start. And then, of course, at the tight end position, give me Evan Ingram, who has been absolutely on fire. What about you, Fox? Yeah, so I mentioned it earlier, uh, this uh, <clears throat> Jets-Seahawks game is a big matchup. Mike White returns to the lineup. He was QB 10 during the three games he started, averaging more than 18 points per game. Uh, Seattle's defense has not been incredibly imposing. I think this is a must-win for the Jets. I like Mike White, especially in a week where we have a lot of turbulence in the quarterback lineup and a lot of different quarterbacks sliding in. Same game. I'm going with Ken Walker the third as my running back start of the week. I know the Jets have a tough defense, but Walker has been really solid and gotten tons of volume when he's been available. His ankle's a bit dinged up, but he returned to practice in a limited fashion on Thursday. This is a crucial game if the Seahawks want to have any chance of getting back in the playoff race. I think they're going to need him. Uh, looks like Tyler Lockett's tracking to try to recover return to i think they're going to need all their weapons available i'm not afraid of putting walker out there it's an important week you got to rely on the guys who have been doing it for you all season long and he certainly has when he's been out there wide receiver start aj brown um, I know some people got a little hesitant with uh, Jalen Hurts not being in there, but he caught six balls for over 100 yards last week. Uh, this week he gets the Saints. The Saints defense is not the Saints defense of 2021. Um, they've had problems. We know Minshew likes to sling it. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard should all be just fine. And then my tight end start, George Kittle. Nobody has benefited more from Debo Samuel uh, being out these last few weeks than George Kittle, who has been on an incredible tear. Uh, he's gone for multiple touchdowns in both of the games he's played. He seems to have great chemistry with Brock Purdy. We've known the talent is always there. He looks healthy. He looks rare to go. And you know what? He gets the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Yeah, that was going to be my start this week at the tight end position. And then I saw you had him. So I try to differentiate sometimes from what you have. And I was kind of, um, it, he's been incredible, right? You know what I mean? He's been insane what he's been able to do um, on a weekly basis since um, Samuel has been gone. It's just, he's like a surefire bet every week right now. And no more, more important time right now than right now to see 
um, with the playoffs on the line for the reason you drafted them. You know what I mean? It's, it's you know you had them for so many weeks, and it's just that 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 offense has so many weapons. You know what I mean? And it's kind of hard to differentiate. But once you take one of those pieces away, you know, especially the receiving pieces, you can kind of focus in. And you're right, the chemistry between those guys is kind of kind of insane, if you ask me. Um, my fantasy start sit of the week at the quarterback position might be a weird one, but it's Trevor Lawrence. And I know he's been really good the last couple weeks. Um, last week, obviously, he only hit he only hit 229 on the yardage against the Jets. I don't know how long it's weird because if this game's competitive, it's close. You're, you're looking at potentially him playing four quarters. If it gets out of hand, you might take him out. I don't know what that looks like in an overall scheme of things. I just don't love starting him this week. Um, I think that there's better options at play across the board. Um, at my running back position, uh, Devin Singletary, that that running back system, uh, you know, is is very much a um, who's got the high hand. Now, both running backs had a huge game last week. I just don't foresee them doing it this week against the Bengals. Um, I, I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game, but I think it's going to be having to come through the air. I'm very optimistic on that game, too. Um, I've gone back and forth who I feel like is going to win that game. I haven't figured it out yet. One minute, I feel like the Bengals are going to win. The next minute, I feel like the uh, the Bills are going to win. And I couldn't really find a wide receiver sit that I, that I loved a whole lot. Um, but the one that I do love is Matthew Fox's, so I'm going to let him go into his sit. Yeah, so my sits, uh, my quarterback sit is Jarrett Stidham. The Raiders may need to see him. I do not, and I certainly do not need to see him in my championship game lineup. My running back sit, and I know you're going to think this sounds crazy, is DeAndre Swift. I love the talent. His volume and his usage in Detroit has been weird all season. He's played 12 games, which is only one off of his uh, previous seasons where he, he appeared in 13 games. But his yardage total and carries, he's only had 82 carries and 37 receptions in those 12 games. He's not getting the volume now. He can break one off at any point in time. But it's just not consistent enough volume. He is RB27 on the season. I know it's a real blow for those of us who loved him going in. He was pretty much consensus top 12 selection everywhere. But we just haven't seen the consistency and the production. And when they get in close to the goal line, they're using Jamal Williams as the hammer. And that's greatly reduced his ability to get touchdowns that aren't big play touchdowns. And with the way they've been passing the ball, particularly at home against the Chicago defense with Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamal uh, Jamison Williams and DJ Chark, I just don't trust that there are going to be enough big plays for Jamal Williams or for DeAndre Swift, excuse me. Uh, my wide receiver set is Devontae Adams. And I know this is another one you're going to say this is this is crazy. And I love his talent, but you know what? I love DeAndre Hopkins' talent too. And even though he got 10 targets, he had one reception for four yards with Trace McSorley as his quarterback. Not only does he have Jarrett Stidham, who has never started an NFL game and only thrown 61 passes as his starting quarterback, he's going against the San Francisco 49ers who have dismantled much better quarterbacks and much better offenses this season. Devontae Adams is a great talent. You cannot rely on him for championship week. Uh, my tight end sit is Cole Komet. Um, you know, on paper, this should be a great marriage between a more robust Chicago passing game and Cole Komet. Cole Komet had a three-game stretch between his weeks eight and ten where he caught five touchdowns, and that gave us hope that he was about to take off. And the entire rest of the season, outside of those three games, he only has one game where he has more than five receptions, and he only has one game where he has more than 50 yards. Championship week, you have better shots at tight end than a guy who's just as likely to give you four receptions for 22 yards as he is to give you three receptions for 53 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, it's crazy. Cole Kermit is something that I've been dying for it to happen ever since I drafted him in one of my keeper leagues. And They need weapons, um, and they just, just can't make when, it happen. Just when I thought that he was I, – I don't know. The play calling up there is awful, atrocious. I, I'm sorry, and I hate – and I know that people might slander from – Justin Fields is not that good of a quarter – like a pocket quarterback still. He's still very young. He's still very wet behind the ears, and I get that. But people need to understand – like they need to – I understand – people don't know how to separate fantasy football from football anymore. And I understand why a lot of the aspects of that is because fantasy football has become such a big proponent of the NFL – 
But Justin Fields is not a good quarterback yet. And I, and I throw darts at the wall, throw yell at me, scream at me, but he's not a good football quarterback quite yet. Um, he still makes very bad throws. He makes bonehead picks when he shouldn't throw the ball. He runs – He and sometimes I feel like he, he should run instead of throw the ball. Or the other thing that I've noticed a lot of is, is these younger quarterbacks hang on the ball, hang on to the ball way too long. Throw the ball away. Like I don't understand where, where that's become such a bad thing. Throw the ball away, play for another down. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 something that I've noticed a lot of these younger quarterbacks just try to hang on to the ball forever. Two things happen. You get sacked, you lose even more yards on the sack than it maybe it would have been a four or five yard sack, but then you dance around for 10 more minutes, you, you end up losing 10 yards, or you fumble it. I've seen a lot of that where they're trying to escape pressure, trying to do too much, you get a fumble. Throw the ball away. And and it's something that's really infuriated me over this in course of this entire season where we see, um, and, and of course with the bears, you know what I mean? They don't have the weapons there quite yet, but we're seeing guys in the NFL make plays with less. And you have to be able to do that until you get somebody until the bears get to this offseason. You have to be able to make the plays with the players you have. Um, and, and Komet, I don't understand. And I'm not blaming just all this on Justin Fields, right? Komet has talent. you got to figure out a way to get the ball in Komet's hands, too. You know what I mean? So you've got to figure out a way. It's just like you said with, with DeAndre Hopkins. You have a player that's generational talent there. He got 10 targets. It's not that they didn't target him. He just had one catch. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal. You, you probably relied on Hopkins on Monday night to get you some points and he failed. And do you want to run into week 18 with a stud like Devontae Adams who might end up with, you know, he might end up five catches, 55 yards, but he might end up with one catch for 10. You know what I mean? Like who knows what this 49ers defense, who on my opinion is the, my personal favorite to leave the NFC as the, as the, as the uh, team, um, for the you know for the Super Bowl, I, I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I really do. I am 100% behind the 49ers coming out and representing the NFC in the Super Bowl right now. I think the only team, only person that can stop the 49ers is their head coach. <laughs> is their head coach. Um, but uh, it, it's interesting to see. The one thing I wanted to point out real quick about that, about the NFC, what I noticed um, when it came it comes to seeding. Um, you, you know, San Francisco. If San Francisco wins out. Minnesota, I, Minnesota loses one game. If they go one on one, I'm pretty sure San Francisco goes to the two seed. The best thing that can happen for the Eagles is San Francisco to get the two seed. Because if for some reason San Francisco, you know what I mean, wins their, you know, wins out or whatever, and comes to two seed, that means the Eagles don't have to see the 49ers until the title game. And I think that I that's. They wouldn't anyway. Two and three seed would be Minnesota and San Francisco. There's no chance that the uh... I forgot because of the seven playoff team thing. Yep. It's weird. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, I keep on thinking of the days of the one and two seed type of thing. But okay, well, so either way, they don't have to see San Francisco until the title game, and that's the best thing. That, the best case scenario for say, uh, Philadelphia is not to see that team as far as they as long as they can wait to wait uh, to face that team. But that's um, why people want the one seed so bad this year because with the struggles of the AFC and NFC South, that's who you're setting up to either play them or the fifth seed, which is a top wild card. Not to say that Eagles would relish seeing the Cowboys in the second round or that the Bills would relish seeing the Ravens or the Chargers, but I think that's an easier path. I don't know, man. I feel like the Chargers match up pretty good against Buffalo. But you're not wrong either way. You know what I mean? I, Coaching. I that, Brandon yeah. Staley, I, to me, he makes my head hurt. Ben, benefited uh, greatly um, from – they probably have one of the soft and what has turned out to be one of the softest closing five game stretches, which is why I think that a team that hovered around 500 most of the year is going to end up being 11 and five and the fifth seed. But I, if I was them, I'd be a little terrified of seeing Jacksonville because Jacksonville took them apart earlier this, this season. Well, that's why if I'm, this is see, it's crazy to me right now because I don't know. If I'm the Chargers, I don't know who I want. I feel like you either get possibly the Bengals. You either get the Bengals, Kansas City, or Buffalo. 
or you get the Chargers. It's very weird how that's all going to play out right now. Yeah, I mean, the most likely for them, um, you know, so I think the Chargers will be no worse than the sixth seed. So it's really uh, Chargers, Ravens, Bengals that are the teams, I think, playing for those top two wild cards, which means you're probably you're either going to see the um, Bengals, Ravens, or Jaguars in the first round. And if I'm the Chargers, I don't want to see the Bengals because I think the Bengals are a far superior team that will take them apart. I think they have a chance, um, you know, on paper. They are getting healthy. The one thing for the Chargers, they're getting healthy. Bosa's coming back. We're a lot further removed from where Justin Herbert got his ribs destroyed. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen have time to work into game shape. They haven't suffered any other major injuries. They got Derwin James back, you know, as long as he doesn't uh, illegally knock people out, he can stay on the field for them. (laughs) So the Chargers shape up to be a potentially dangerous team. I just don't know that I trust their, their coaching. Yeah, I don't, I agree with you there. And they're going to have to win. If they're going to try to make a noise in the playoffs, they're going to have to win three straight. They're going to have to win road game, road game, road game, road game, road game. The only way they don't get a road game is if somehow the seventh seed, um, makes it to the NFC title game or AFC, AFC title game. So if the Chargers are going to make, I, I, for me personally, I just really would love, I want to see Herbert win a playoff game this year. That'd be huge for me. I really feel like that would be good for him this year. Um, they're still setting up for, I think they got at least one more year out of him before they're going to have to pay him. So they can at least try to make one more move for the Super Bowl. I, I agree with you. The coaching is the biggest thing there. I think the coaching is going to come into a lot of different things when it comes time for the playoffs. And that's where a lot of these guys are going to, that's why I think Tampa Bay's got a, I think Tampa Bay's got a good chance at beating Dallas in, in the playoffs. I think the home game is going to matter. And I think they have a good chance of beating Dallas. And it sounds weird, but if for some reason Tampa Bay beats Dallas, I'm not sure Mike McCarthy has a job. Um, Especially Sean Payton agitating to come back. Exactly. All right, folks, for all of you that listen to our fantasy football portion of this or the fantasy football, there's NFL portion of this podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in um, each and every week. Make sure to check out the Music City Drive-In for all of our articles, latest um, reviews, uh, Fox's weekly uh, NFL pieces as well. And uh, with that said, we're going to move on to the movie. All The one thing that is about this year, as we get towards the end of it, this last week, this last Friday of the year is just lackluster. I mean, it really is. There's nothing really new coming out. There's nothing really groundbreaking coming out. So it's interesting. Um, Nothing new hits theaters this weekend um, at all, um, which is definitely something that uh, is, is, I mean, I mean, there's plenty of things to see. I mean, you have Puss in Boots, you have Avatar, you have Babylon, you have, um, I'm missing things right now. I just can't, I want to dance with somebody still in theaters. You have a lot of different things that are still in theaters that you can check out. But um, the biggest drop of the week, I think, is White Noise, right? Yeah, White Noise on uh, Netflix comes out. That one from Noah Baumbach, uh, you know, it's kind of, Netflix has done this the last couple of years, dropped a real um, marquee last year. It was the Lost Daughter that dropped just about at, on the last day of the year, um, trying to give people something to do for uh, New Year's Eve. You and I both saw I I thought there are moments that are really great. Some of the writing is very clever. I loved Adam Driver. I liked him and Don Cheadle. Um, there's a scene of them going back and forth in the middle that is fantastic. I also desperately love the closing credit sequence and the original song in there from LCD Sound System. But there is a whole swath of the third act that I was like, and I'm jumping off the train. And so ultimately, I only ended up giving it three stars. It was probably one of the more frustrating films of the year for me because there are moments of sheer brilliance where I was like, this is going to be great. And then you hit patches and you're like, oh, we lost the plot. Yeah, that first hour is strong, man. It's a strong, it's one of the strongest first hours of any film this year, especially the scene you're talking about with Sheetal and Driver. It's probably top, probably top three scenes of 2022 for me. Like it's a, it's, it's one of the best dialogue driven sequences that we've seen. And it's, it's incredible. But then like that third act is just an atrocity. Like it's just so bad. Um, One thing that does come out this weekend on Sunday, I think the first is Sunday, right? Yes, Sunday. Yeah, so the first is Sunday. So 
Um, the first, the Sunday is Kaleidoscope. It's a brand new series coming out from Netflix. Um, can't really talk about it a whole lot other than say, and for those of you at home, that's me giving a thumbs up. But um, um, also, let's see, Wildcat is dropping a documentary on uh, Prime Video. Um, yeah, it dropped it, today. Yeah, it dropped today. Um, let's see here. What else? I actually liked uh, Wildcat. Uh, among documentaries, I thought it was uh, surprisingly emotional for me. It's about a British uh, soldier who served in Afghanistan, struggling with PTSD, who goes to the jungle of Peru and joins a nonprofit that helps kind of rescue cats. And he gets hooked up with a baby, Osceola. I think it's Osceola. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct, but he kind of raises it for 18 months to try to build it up so that it can learn to live. Uh, on its own in the wild becomes kind of a healing process for both of these, uh, you know, for a creature that needed a little bit of help and for uh, a guy who was trying to find himself after some traumatic experiences. It, you know, it was one of the ones that surprised me a little bit. Uh, I was fascinated by the idea, but I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did. Yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, let's see. Nothing else really comes out this week. Uh, it's really limited release for a man called Otto, but it goes yeah. wide now, January 13th. Limited release still for women talking, but it goes live January 6th. So we've probably hit that one next week. Yeah, which is an incredible film. Um, also coming out next week is Megan, which I am actually seeing on Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm seeing Wednesday. Um, we're in love now. I don't know if you follow me on Twitter, but uh, just so happens. That, that was um, incredibly creepy. Um, we're just in love now. I'll tell you what, January 13th has so much shit hitting in theaters. It's crazy. Oh, by the way, Women Talking Wide is uh, the 20th now. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why they keep pushing it further and further back. I, I don't either. I think they push it off to six just because Megan's coming out. But the 13th, The Devil Conspiracy, which I've never even heard of, House Party plane which actually looks pretty good because i like anything gerard butler and then a man called otto which i've already seen um yeah and if you uh it dropped this morning but if you uh which is friday december 30th if you're listening um but if you want to hear uh, ricky and i plus uh, amanda and eric gave our favorite films of the year our top five overall and then some of our favorites by genre it was a really fun podcast to do and that one dropped this morning and you can hit the link and check that out if you're looking for recommendations for the long holiday weekend yeah it was a it was a great time between all of us um you know i had a fun i had a fun time doing it and uh, going over some of my favorite movies of the year. Um, yeah, it's been great. I, I, I just couldn't believe how much you loved Blonde and that it took your number one spot. Yeah, masterpiece of masterpiece of film. Um, it was Blonde, then The Bubble, and then The Fablemans, and then um, The how Whale. Like, that was top five. How, um, dare, how dare oh, you? Oh, we're not talking about the worst movies of the year. My bad. Oh, shit, I forgot. My bad. Um, those would probably be my five worst movies. Is that five? The Blonde, Blonde, Fable, I think that the was Whale. Oh, we should do this. So, worst movies of the year. Um, you know, I will have, uh, if you watch the binge watch column, uh, second Wednesday or second Thursday in January, I'll be putting out my full top 10 plus 10 honorable mention plus my bottom five. But my bottom five, um, are, uh, let me look it up real quick. I think you only did four. You're missing one. Because sometimes it's fun to just watch train wrecks at the end of the year. Let's see. My five are, I would go probably Halloween Ends, The Sun, Blonde, The Fablemans, and The Whale. So my bottom five... Um, I'm just going to apologize in advance to Netflix because they made a lot of appearances. But you know what? They put out a lot of movies, so by volume. Uh, number five for me was the redo of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, it wanted to do what Halloween 2018 did in rebooting the franchise, but they actually don't know how to do it. And it just ended up being kind of a violent mess. Uh, number four, Brazen. You know what? It was brazen of Netflix to foist this film with <laughs> Alyssa Milano on us. Number three, Blonde. I also did not care for that. Number two, They, Them. 
it was a fantastic year for horror movies, some really creative and wonderful horror movies, but we also had some of the worst horror movies I've ever seen. They Them was a terrible idea, poorly executed. Kevin Bacon deserved Home better. Home Team was awful, too. My number one worst movie, though, is The Requin. And I am a huge shark movie fan. Uh, and even a mediocre shark movie can be a delight. This was, I don't know what they were going for. This made the original Sharknado look like the Godfather in terms of being a cinematic masterpiece. Alicia Silverstone deserves better. She deserves to not have her name associated with the Requin, which was a horrendous concept that made no sense that was executed really poorly. Uh, a few other ones that I hated. Um, no Exit. I didn't love that. Sharp Stick was terrible. And uh, Firestarter. I didn't love Firestarter either. Ruffy. Yeah. Well, see, and that's that's the dichotomy. Like, no genre had more surprising highs for me than horror movies, but also no genre had more disappointing lows than horror movies. Go watch Barbarian. It's great. Um, all right. That said, uh, make sure to follow Matthew Fox on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Follow myself at Ricky Blair underscore. Check out all the rest of our content on the musiccitydrivein.com. And we will be back next week. Uh, the season will be over. But um, that said, um, we well, the season won't be technically The fantasy over. season will be the over. fantasy football season will be over. Unless you're like weird and play. And, like, uh, or team. unless you're like yeah. me and your fantasy season is already trying to be over. A star of the show over here. He's trying to sneak over here. Um, with that said, we are going to be back next week. Um, we're probably going to do a fun little show. Um, just talk about the games that Matt likes. Um, so maybe some upset specials like we do every week. And then, of course, I'll talk about some best best bets. Be on the lookout on Twitter for Clarkson and I's plays. I think we're going to record tomorrow, which would be December 31st, sharing our favorite bets. Um, speaking of which, I didn't even share any of my favorite bets this episode. That's pretty funny. I completely missed that. No, I was going to say I thought something. But, but, um, but thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. And we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. It was that 48 straight hours watching TV. Just By next week, it's going to be 96. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.